Hi everyone, welcome to Jane's Talks. Great to have you all here again today with me. And I've got a guest with me today, Pamela Hodges. My friend Pamela Hodges is back with me. She was on the podcast earlier in the year. And now she's back. Uh, hello, Pamela. Hi, James. Just <laughs> flew across in my little computer. Nice to see you again. Yeah. Fun to talk. <laughs> Pamela Hodges is in, my, is in my laptop screen right now. Um <laughs> I can't say she's in the house because she's not in the house. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and we're going to talk about a few things today. Uh, Pamela's got a new book coming out, um, which she uh, ghost wrote on behalf of her cat. Um, and uh, we're also going to talk a bit about um, being a creative entrepreneur as well. And, uh, you know, all sorts of things in, to do with creativity and writing and all those kind of stuff. So let's just crack on. Um, so, Pamela, how long have you been? Well, tell me about your kind of entrepreneurial journey, your creative entrepreneurial journey, like and how it all began and where it's and how it's unfolding. I was writing, and I really wanted to make books but I didn't want to pay somebody to design my covers or to format it. So about three years ago, I went back to school, and my first class was in computer graphics. I learned Adobe InDesign and Adobe Illustrator. And then my next class was in typography, looking at typeface as a design. And then last fall, I took a class in page layout and design, which is Adobe InDesign. Mm-hmm. And that gave me the skill to be able to self-publish my books. And I wasn't really looking at it as me being trained to do someone else's books. I really wanted to have my own publishing company to publish my own books. When my cat, Pooh Hodges, he had a a blog, thecatwhowrites.com. He wrote a how-to blog post for ProBlogger in 2013, and he won the contest. It was steps on how to be a cat. And I thought, oh, that would be so funny to draw a guy wearing white underwear. We call them tidy whities in the States. <laughs> Dressed up like a cat. So I, with my newfound knowledge, I illustrated the book and then formatted it in, in, in design. And there's a questionnaire, like different questions. You know, it's a journal approach to becoming a cat. And then, for example, if you decide, oh, today I don't want to be a cat you can dress up like a taco or an ice cream cone. So there's yeah, paper cutouts yeah. in the back of the book. So, it kind so of going, going back to school gave me the skills to be able to, to make the book. So really it came out of just a pure desire to want to do the whole process yourself. And yes. yes. As an artist, it's felt so weird to hand my writing or my illustrations to someone else when I could do it myself yeah that's right I mean one of the one of the things that I struggled with I suppose was with becoming a what's called a creative entrepreneur which is 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 um is simply time and money because I I have a full-time job and you know I don't it doesn't pay it pays okay but it doesn't pay a lot um, doesn't pay me enough to invest much money in myself in training or in getting stuff done creatively um, so to take the time out to actually invest in yourself uh, and money as well um, to invest in yourself and to do that that's a, that's that takes a lot of courage uh, 
that's a good point about the courage. One of my classes, the teacher, I was crying in class. It was so hard. And it was the Adobe InDesign class, and the teacher knew I was a writer. I'm a writer and an artist, so I illustrate and write the stories. And he made some comment about something I was working on, and it was just so hard to be uh, a learner going back to school. But one thing I was determined was I really needed that class, so no matter how hard it was, I would watch uh, videos online to try to learn it. I would spend hours and hours and hours working on it at home. So some of the stuff that would be so native to the teacher, like click here, click, 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 and I'm like, wait, what did you just do? Will you do that again? Don't go back and do it slower. Plus, I only took one class a semester because I still had kids at home. So I was being, uh, we homeschooled our kids. So as I was teaching my children, I was also learning. And I didn't have the time to do all three classes at once in one semester. So it was a slow process to learn the new skills. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, so now you're kind of, you've kind of launched yourself out as a, as a creative entrepreneur. You brought out this book. Um, well, not just you, um, your cat as well. Right. My cat dictated it to me, and I was a typist. And actually, on the cover, it says, Pooh Hodges the cat, as told to Pamela Hodges the typist. And Pooh's name is actually on Amazon. It says authors, two authors, Pooh Hodges, yeah. which was the cat. I have to make him an author page, because yeah. if you click, you know, he needs his own author page. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, when I bought the book, I can vouch for this, it's got, it's got Pooh Hodges and Pamela Hodges. And, um... Pooh Hodges was your last cat. Um, he passed away, didn't he? Yeah, um, unfortunately, he died on April 1st of last year. And some people thought I was doing it as a joke. Like, why would anyone joke that their cat died? It was an awful day to die. Well, any day for your cat to die is awful. And then we got a new cat. We went to the Humane Society, and we were. I wanted to get two because it's better to get two kittens at once than one. Mm. And this one little kitty, it was orange, came and sat in my lap. And the brother was already adopted, so I didn't really want the cat because I wanted two. And it was sick. It had an ear infection, and it had a runny nose. But my daughter was with me, and she said, Mom, look at this cat. It loves you. It, it, like, it just sat in my lap the whole time and purred. And she said, and the Humane Society technician also agreed that getting a cat with that kind of personality is better because it, would you not take your baby home from the hospital because it had a cold? And Harper, we named her Harper Lee after Harper Lee who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. So she's now the writer at the thecathowrites.com. Yes. There's, there's like eight other kittens just zorching around running and nobody was paying attention to me. And every night when I sit and write or every morning, Harper's on my lap. Wow. Oh, and never feed your cat at five in the morning once because for the rest of your life the cat wants to be fed at five in the morning like harper comes and sits on my chest and wakes me up i never need an alarm clock she always wants to be fed at five in the morning or maybe she really wants to go downstairs and have me type for her maybe that's what it is she wants to work on her blog and write her book i bet that's what it is james yeah i'd like to read that yeah. book yeah well it's so cool how like 
cats, yeah. I never knew cats could write. It's amazing, isn't it? Like, yeah, really. Like, actually, well, I'm, your readers can't see, but I have all these photographs of Pooh laying beside me and putting his paw in my hand. So just by him doing that, I knew exactly what he wanted to say. And Harper does the same thing. You know, it's um, just, you just kind of, it's like you can read the cat's mind. Yeah, it's interesting because my sister's got a couple of cats, or no, three cats. Her partner had one and she had two who were brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lived there, she lived with me for a while. Um, two of them, the brothers, and I became really close to one of them um, called Ash. He's, there's a whole litter, but he was the runt of the litter, I think. And so, um, I don't know, I connected with him a little bit. And even now, my sister says, when I go over there to see them, he's like, softer and gentler with me than he is with anybody else James he wants to write a story you know so he's a yeah Yeah. he's a because he's actually quite and when he goes out into the world he's quite quite aggressive and he he like catches like squirrels and bats and all these kind of things you know he had a bit of his ear like bitten off in a in a fight like you know but with me he's like really gentle and soft and like gets all soppy you know um, oh, that's really cute. I bet he wants to dictate a story so you could type it. Yeah, Ash, perhaps. Yeah, Ash. I suppose Ash Forrester because my sister's partner's name is Forrester. So Ash Forrester or Ash Prescott. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I could write a little book on his behalf. But um, well, if he wanted yeah. to, he could guest post on the cat's blog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, maybe I'll ask him. Ask yeah, him. ask him. I'll ask him. Yeah, he just he just needs to have his own email account and a avatar, so that when he answers the comments on the blog, it's from the cat. Yeah, I will. Um, I will. Um, I'll check with him and see. Yeah, ask him. Um, <laughs> I always thought I could write. Actually, in all seriousness, I thought I could write his adventure because he goes out and has all these adventures, and I thought, what adventures must he have? <laughs> you know, and he goes out. And actually, I wonder if he speaks with a British accent. His like, old, yeah, and his older brother. I have this theory that his older brother is secretly Puss in Boots because he looks just like Puss in Boots. He's the same colour and everything. And I wonder if he's related to Harper because that's what Harper looks like. And he's really Harper chill. looks like Puss in Boots. He's like really chilled out though. He's really mellow. and doesn't. Oh. But I'm kind of like, mm, yeah, is he secretly Puss in Boots? You know? Maybe. But, um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I love, I love, I've read, I've read the, uh, the book, um, uh, had to be a cat, and it made me want to be a cat, you know. And, Maybe. And, Maybe. Um, you know, I, I loved it. I loved, and the illustrations are amazing. And yeah, it's, oh, thank you. It's so, I mean, it's so, so imaginative, you know, so creative. Um, so, James, the first step in becoming a cat is admitting you want to be one. So, have you done step one? Well, no, I only had a chance to read it through really quickly, so I haven't really gone, I haven't got the paperback oh. copy either, so I couldn't. Yeah. Well, step two is you have to find a family to live with. Yeah, and Part of the right. journaling question yeah. is make a list of all the families that you'd like to interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you'd never have to shave again because cats don't shave. I mean, the only dis- you yeah. can't, but you, you, if you wear the cat costume, you no longer have thumbs. So you can't yes. open a can of food. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's annoying. Yeah. So and so you could I, never go outside. At the end, I was kind of like, "Do I want to be a cat or don't I?" You know, I mean, like I still I like my life as it is, but right. um, but a cat's life's kind of nice. You know, you can just get to go out on adventures and get fed and and rest and be stroked and stuff. 
you know, not bad. Uh, not well, the last step is 15, which is actually taking a nap in a sunbeam, and you could do that as a human. So there's an advantage to that without being a cat. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to shave. So there's two steps, right? You could do two steps towards being a cat. But you'd have to use a litter box. That might not be pleasant. So what's it like being an interpreter for like another person and writing their words and putting them on a site? Uh, Actually, it's really fun because you can say things in a different way that you probably couldn't say as a human. So it's fun to be able to give another an animal a voice. And it's interesting. It's like I'm writing the cat's me- The cat wrote his memoir before he died, Pooh. Yeah. And it's a story about his mother wanted him to be a mouser. But after an near, almost near-death experience, he was lost in the woods in Pennsylvania for three months. Like, Pooh really was lost. We moved here, and we lost him. Yeah, I remember that. You talked about that. Yeah, and then that, yeah. when he came home, he's like, I have to live my own life. I can't live the life my mother wanted. I want to be a writer. So he quit his mouse hunting business, and it was very lucrative. He was, you know, getting paid to kill mice for the people in the neighborhood, and he took the tribe writer course with Jeff Goins, and he started his blog. He had a regular column on the right practice. He interviewed Jeff Goins. He interviewed Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, was, yeah. And yeah, so and then he lived his dream, and then he had an unfortunate. I don't. We, we don't know how he died, but and then he died, and and so Pooh's story is really my story. My mom wanted me to be a teacher. And I didn't, so I went to school for education, and I thought, this isn't the life I want. So I dropped out of education and went to art school. And then I always wanted to be a writer, but I was a stay-at-home mom, I homeschooled, and then I hear about this writing course, and it, you know, it, it wasn't something that really fit into our budget, but I said, I really want to pursue writing. I had just been diagnosed with skin cancer, the February of that year, and then the course was coming out in September. It was level zero, but it was still a wake-up call, right? You mm-hmm. know, life life could end. So what's yeah. your dream? So if you have a dream to do something, then do it. So I took the writing course and started. I already had a blog, but I was hardly writing at all. But then I got the skills and learned how to, you know, how to approach writing and how to guest post. But my cat was more brave, Like, I ran into Joe Bunting, who owns The Right Practice, and I said, hey, my cat would like to be a columnist on your blog. Like, I didn't say, oh, hey, Joe, I'd like to be a columnist on your blog. My cat was before I was. So Pooh, you know, he had his little picture, and people would comment, and he was actually, you know, you live in London. I really imagine Pooh being like a British gentleman with a pipe. And he would approach all the readers really gently and, you know, oh, my dear ma'am, or, you know, oh, he was so polite. And he would comment on everybody, anybody that wrote any comment, Pooh would comment on. Mm. So it's funny. Yeah. So Pooh went before me. And then Pooh died. And then Joe said, hey, would you like to be a writer? And I'm like, me, I don't know anything. But the cat does, right, you know, because he wrote articles how to write from a cat's perspective or, you know, how to use your senses because cats know how to use all their senses, right, because they have such a good nose. But I've been writing every second Tuesday now for a year. So so it's interesting. So it's like the cat leads the way. Yeah. 
The cat leads the way. Yeah. So his memoir is going to come out next year. I'm taking a a memoir class with Marion Roach Smith. She has online courses for writing memoir. Yeah, I've heard of yeah the memoir project. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Writing with intent. So the first book I'm going to do will be Pooh's. I'll finish his story, and then the following year I'm going to write uh, a memoir. Oh, I love memoirs. Memoirs are so great. Yeah, it's fun because they're not autobiographies. It's just like some one aspect of your life. Like, and I haven't really decided what I'm going to write about. It maybe my time working in Tokyo as a commercial photographer, or it might be something. Excuse me, more current. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing a proper memoir at some point. Um, I've what do you mean a proper memoir? What does that mean? Well, I mean, yeah, the books that I that I that I've been writing, they are they're mem- they're not. I would say I wouldn't call them memoirs, but I wouldn't. This they're kind of a they're kind of a cross between a memoir and a self help book, and a Christian. Oh, book. that makes sense. So you're a, talking about a focusing on one aspect of a story. Yeah, I kind of share stories that I've uh, in my like, for example, in my first book, which is coming out uh, probably 20, 2017, um, Mosaic of Grace. Um, there's a lot of personal stories in there. Um, and there's also personal stories of people that I know, friends that I know, um, and I use those to tell the story, to tell the, to make the, to, you know, to talk about talk about grace, talk about what it is, talk about why it's important and how we need to confront it. So there's a lot of stories in there, but it's kind of trying to explain things and trying to unpack what I'm trying to talk about, rather than just simply right. telling the story. Um, oh, that makes sense. Um, but well, um, my second book will probably be more of a memoir than this one. Right. Um, the third one will probably be even more of a memoir than that one. But um, I would like to write a full-on proper memoir about. There's a few seasons in my life that I'd like to write about and um, put out there. Have you so. Have you read Marion's book, The Memoir Project? No, I've not. I've not actually. I've got so many books I need to read. Oh uh, well. Um, if you ever want to read a book on memoir. I recommend that one, The Memoir Project by Marion Rochefort. She, she talks about having a formula, which is that you, a story illustrates a point as told through a situation. So it's not like, like, let's say my cat got lost, which is a story about um, how important companionship is from animals as told through the story when my cat got lost. So it's not a diary. It's not. It's not just a story about oh my cat got lost. Like the cat getting lost illustrates a theme, as told through the story. Because I don't mm-hmm. want, really want to read anybody's diary. Like I don't really care that, you know. Like let's say okay, but let's say I write my story about uh, buying a one way ticket to Bangkok with a stopover in Tokyo, and I stayed for seven years. So it's not just oh, let's read Pamela's diary of living in Tokyo for seven years. It's a story about finding Jesus while I lived there, or it's a story about how life is so precious, live with adventure. So that's the point. You know, like, let's say if there's something you, like let's say there's a moral lesson you wanted to teach. You don't just, nobody, I'm not interested in reading somebody's philosophy without having a story involved. Like the yeah. story illustrates the theme, if that makes sense. Story is the best way to communicate something I've always thought yeah yes I um, agree you know my favourite books are one my favourite speakers are the ones who 
tell the best stories. My favourite writers are the ones who tell the best stories. You know, um, that's why one of the reasons I love Donald Miller is because he tells. You know, his his books are so. You know, they're memoirs, but he the way he writes the story is so good that he's able to draw a point out of it, but also tell a great story, and he draws you into it, and it's compelling. Oh, I love how you said that. The story, he draws the point out of the story, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. And I read, um, earlier this year, I read uh, Love Warrior by Glendora Melton, which is a memoir, and again, right. she does the same. It's It's... Oh yeah, you interviewed her too, didn't you? Yes, I did. One of the best interviews yeah. I've ever done. She's amazing. Um, very inspiring woman. Um, I hope I can get to talk to her again because she's, uh, yeah, so inspiring. And I just tell everyone, read everything she's ever written because it's, yeah, blows you. That book is just, that was my favourite book of the year, for sure. And there's a lot of good books that have come out this year, but that that one just kind of blew me away a bit. So, uh, Well, I haven't read it, but it seemed odd to me that the book is called Love Warrior. Didn't she recently get divorced? That's not the point. Uh, no, the, it was written. The book was written before um, she got divorced. It was finished. Before. Uh, it's about the book is about, and I'm talking a bit about Glennon here, but the book is um, about. No, I was curious. I want to know what it's about. No, the book is about. Um, um, it's basically her story and the story of her marriage, um, and how it nearly fell apart, and then they managed to save it. Um, and now what happened subsequently was um, the reasons that the reasons that they I think there are reasons I don't know the full details but I think the reasons that Glenn and her husband eventually ended their marriage were different than the ones that they could have ended their marriage for a few right. years ago. It was a much yeah. healthier, much healthier uh, break than it would have been if if it had happened before. And right. if you read the book, you'll understand what that is. Well, yeah, yeah, um, I'm curious to read the book. And we don't have to talk about why the marriage broke. I was just curious what you thought of the book. Uh, it, but I, I love reading personal stories. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're compelling. If they're written well, they're compelling. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking forward to reading Pooh's story. That would be, uh, be brilliant. <laughs> that would be really oh, good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's completely written at this point. I just have to edit it. He pretty much wrote it on his blog. The story about the his sister died when he was young, which is very tragic, and he never met his father. So, mm. and then he had to say goodbye to his mother. And I was trying to find his mother, but I couldn't find the birth certificate because the Humane Society would have had records of all his siblings. But if I didn't have the, I lost the birth certificate, so I didn't have his case number. Mm. So he died not being. He was reading to the kittens. You know the book, Are You My Mother? It's a mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss book, and the little bird goes around and finds everyone. So I'm actually, Harper Harper has been reading that book to the kittens, Oscar and Clara. And there was they were from a litter of seven. We did foster care. We had a litter of seven kittens, and we adopted two of them. So the Humane Society has the records of their five siblings. But they don't know who their mother is. Right. So I, I think that's really sad to not know. So maybe one day Oscar and Clara will try to find out where all their siblings are. I imagine the docu the uh, records are sealed mm. at the Humane Society. But and Martha Martha's siblings are from a litter. Martha's the chocolate lab. She's twelve or thirteen. She mm. would like to try to find her siblings. 
I had the number of the litter, but uh, Harper was going to see if she could help Martha. It's interesting to put human feelings on animals. Yeah. It's very playful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're we're kind of talking about, we're talking um, of, uh, you know, um, of of these, of animals with, with human emotions and feelings and experiences. And obviously it's a bit tongue in cheek, but, um, you know, um, I mean, it's, you know, you can't devalue that at the same time, while it is a bit tongue in cheek, you can't devalue the fact that animals do have feelings and animals do have emotions right. and animals do have experiences and, you know, and memories and things, you know, and, um, and we have emotions and experiences which are connected with them. Um, right. And, yeah, my uh, life is so different having cats or not having cats. Like, it's with my creative journey, the cat has actually helped me develop as a writer by giving the cat, helping the cat have a voice. Yeah, I think that's sometimes we need those kind of things. Sometimes we need just little way, little routes into finding ourselves and gaining confidence. And one, one, you know, writing as somebody, inviting, writing as somebody else, in a sense, can actually do that a little bit, right? Because, because it's not, it's not all on us. It's on, you know, it's, um, it's somebody else, and right? Well, and writing can be fun too. Like we can actually have fun. Like I wanted to make this book three years ago, and I thought, oh, that's going to be weird because I really wanted to draw. A guy as a cat in tidy whities and I thought that's a little odd but now it's just fun like it's just like he's wearing a swimsuit and I've actually made the character on the cover of the the illustration on the cover I've made into a, a five by ten foot cat like I used a overhead projector so it's the exact illustration on a piece of four by eight plywood it's like life size mm. the exact same illustration white with black lines he's he's in my office right now and I'm, I'm painting him so it's it's like making the book making the characters in the book become real and there uh, the pair of underwear in the back of the book is an illustration of white man's underwear and I, it's four by four feet like it's a huge pair of underwear painted and that, the gallery that I volunteer at is like giving me an exhibit space in the back, so I'll have an opening, and all my illustrations will be on the wall. Mm-hmm. And the illustrations aren't pre-sketched and drawn; they're just drawn. Like I just draw them, and then if they don't work out, like I, the guy for the the draw the illustration for the guy shaving, I think I had eight or ten different ones. So the mm-hmm. quality of the line is very spontaneous, as opposed to drawing and then tracing. Yeah. They're just a different line quality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't do much drawing, but I do. You know, I appreciate that. And yeah, it's amazing. I mean, how does this like? It must be amazing to be able to create in so many ways because you, you have a, you know, I mean, you do obviously you do writing and you do, you do design, you do drawing, painting. You know, I mean, I my creative expression is more, um, well, it's writing obviously, but. You know, um, podcasting, and um, and I do a little bit of graphic design on my phone and stuff, and stuff for Instagram, Um, and I've sold some stuff uh, that way. Um, But 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done drawing before, and I remember actually having an experience of drawing where um, somebody was asking me to do something for their art class. They were a te- they were art teacher, and they were just trying out something, and I went over and helped them, and they gave me a pencil and a bit of art paper and told me to close my eyes and just draw and move the pencil around to get the different textures and different, you know, looks of the pencil on the paper and feel and just and just feel what it was like and when I did that I felt something really unlocked creatively um, which happened with my writing actually uh, oh that's exciting um, that's so a neat exercise I think that everyone has the ability to draw but somehow somewhere they've decided either that they don't want to or that they can't whether somebody made a comment negatively and they think they can't draw or that they think it's an innate talent and they don't have it, so they don't pursue it. I've met so many people who say, I can't draw. And I'll say, well, where'd you get that idea from? And they go, oh, when I was in grade school and we drew, my teacher never picked me to go to the front of the classroom. Or I had one friend and her teacher actually said to her, you can't draw. She was 10 years old. You can't draw and I'm not recommending you for the advanced art class for... I don't know, grade four or whatever. So she stopped drawing because of one comment from an adult. Actually, on my blog, ipaintiwrite.com, I'm going to start giving hints about drawing. And it's not like, here's a way to draw, copy me and do it the same way. It'll be more like similar to the exercise that your friend had you do where it shows you how to see the world, like how to look at lighting or how to look at shade. And I went online and I'm looking, okay, how do you draw? And somebody said, always have your pencil sharp. Well, always have your pencil sharp. Like, no, you could have a dull pencil. And why even use a pencil? You could use a stick of graphite or a piece of charcoal. Yeah. So there's so many There's so many ways. I, I think there's so much potential in people that has just been all the, all the Vincent Van Goghs who actually believed what people said. Like somebody said... It was an art dealer, and he said, Vincent, you should just quit. You're lousy at an artist. But mm-hmm. he just had this burning desire in him, and he just kept creating and creating and creating. And even his uncles, who were art dealers, never exhibited his work. The only one who believed in him was his brother. But in the end, it, he shot himself in the stomach. He just he had so much despair. Mm-hmm. I, from the book I read, Lust for Life, I think he sold one painting before he died. Yeah, which is a tragic tragedy, really. You know, um, um, there's actually I don't know if you, um, any of you listeners or, or you are Doctor Who fans, but there's this there's an episode of Doctor Who which is called Vincent, and it's about Vincent. Oh no, seriously? Um, yeah, and what happens is they go back in time and they meet Vincent Van Gogh and have an adventure with him, um, and at the end of the episode they take him in a time machine and and it's quite an emotional scene actually I'm getting chill, getting chills by just talking about it but they take him to this the present day and a Vincent van Gogh exhibition and oh, and, he wow. walks, and you see and he walks around this exhibition and realizes that it's his work and the, the it's just a, an amazing moment and um, and and they and the and they kind of like they're saying, oh, I hope this. Now he realizes maybe he won't kill himself. Maybe he won't 
maybe we'll see more of, more of his art, you know. Right. And but actually, they find out that you know, even though they, even though because they've got a time machine, they you know they, they 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 find out eventually that it didn't make any difference, you know. But um, but that moment when he sees all of that, you know, it's kind of like I felt like that's kind of a glimpse of for me. It was kind of like maybe this is what heaven will be like. Maybe we'll get there and then we'll suddenly see the impact that our work had on everybody, and we had no, no idea. Oh, right. Kind of like the future. I always thought we'd have a film. You go to heaven and God goes, okay, come here. Hey, James, come here. Come sit down. And it's a private movie screening, uh, maybe with friends, like your grandpa or your grandma. That's And then there's popcorn. And you watch the newsreel of all the times the angels saved your life. Like, I swear that when I get there, there's going to be a video of when that huge dump truck that almost rear-ended me went around went around and went through the red light because he wasn't expecting me to stop. So it'll be the news clip. Like every time an angel saves our life, they take out their little iPhone. Well, I don't know. Maybe they have a Samsung. Uh, I don't know. They might catch on fire up in heaven. Anyhow, the angel takes a little film clip of when they saved your life. And then they take that to the uh, film editor up in heaven. And then you'll see a film of your life. All the times the angel saved you. That's what I expect. Yeah, I've got a story about that. Um, I think I'm pretty sure when I get to heaven, I will see a video of um, somebody lift of angels lifting me off a train track and rescuing me because I I said this before uh, many times, but I had an epileptic seizure um, when I was twenty. I'm, I'm epileptic, but I had a seizure when I was twenty-two at a railway station. I fell on the track and the train was coming and it was too quick to stop. Um, it wouldn't have stopped in time, you know. Uh, but I woke up in an ambulance and I didn't know anything about what happened. I know, oh my lord, I've got uh, goosebumps. And, oh. uh, like, you know, and, and the road was like up this, up, this, up this bridge. So they would have had to literally, and the train was like four minutes away. So they'd have had to get on, get on, the, get on, the, get on the track, lift me off, and I'd have been knocked out. I wasn't just out with a seat, oh. I was knocked out because I, I fell off the platform. You know, so I could have landed on the electric rail as well. Like, you know, that's just. You know, I could have died. Um, and, oh, is that uh, in your book? Did you put that in your no, book? I haven't put that in, no, I haven't put that in my book, actually. I will. I should write that out one day. Um, I haven't talked about that that much, actually, this story. But I tell people, but I don't talk about it much in my in my work. Um, wow. Well, uh, okay, and yeah, and so I'm just, not in any hurry to get to heaven. But when we're both up there, i got to see that film. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. I want butter on my popcorn. Yeah. We don't even have to worry about you know, like cholesterol if we're in heaven. No. There's got to be buttered popcorn in heaven. Salt, too. Yeah. And tons of chocolate and, you know. Yeah. Oh, ice cream. Ice cream, I want ice cream, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so I want to see that. I want to see what happens because I never knew. Because I never found out who got me off the tracks or anything, literally. Nobody ever came forward. Nobody ever contacted me. Nobody, Nobody had any names or anything, you know. Um, wow, what if you put an ad in the paper? Like, tomorrow, go put an ad in the paper and say, like, on this day, and then did anybody see? Did anybody yeah. see an angel that day? Cause I, yeah, on my, on my theory is I think it was probably an angel. You know? Oh, it's got to be an angel. Uh, or angels, more than one, you know, um, because they would have taken more than one person to lift me off the railway track um, in that time especially, but... Um, well, angels are probably pretty strong. That's true. That's true. So I don't know, but we'll, we'll find out one yeah. day. 
Well, that's um, exciting. Yeah. My mum's already there. She probably already met them, you know. Um, so uh, <laughs> she's probably already watched that film loads of times. Oh, uh, she has. Oh, there's my little, I don't know how to do a British accent. How do you, how would she pronounce her name with a British accent? Oh, Flora. My mum's name is Flora. No, how did she say James? Like Oh, oh I can't. Oh, gosh, I can't. James, James. Oh, God, that sounded just like her. Really? Yeah. That's funny. James, yeah. come dry the dishes, honey. I know that wasn't like, that was, that was a bit. No, no, she no. Was, she wasn't no. posh. She was not posh in any way, my mum. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love the photographs of you with your mum, because you were little, weren't you, when your mum died? I was 23 when my mum died. Um, that was, oh, the uh, photographs you show us are usually show her when you were a little kid. Oh, yeah, that's so right, yeah. I just assumed you were little. Yeah, well, twenty three is still pretty little. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or young. I was quite yeah uh, yeah. It was a yeah. It was. I'll write about that one day because uh, it's those sort of things change you. But yeah, so she'll be up in heaven, you know, talking to those angels. Um, I'm pretty sure she was a poet actually. She wrote. She poetry. was a what? She was a poet. Um, she oh, wrote, a poet. She wrote a lot of poetry, yeah. Um, Maybe you could publish a book of your mum's poems. Well, yeah, we've got a few, but not probably not enough to make a full book, but yeah. How many I does she have? About 10 or 15 of them. Um, but um, yeah, we'll find a way to get them out there one day, I'm sure. Maybe a free book or something. Um, something like that, I don't know. Well, if you decide to, I could help you make a little book on... Uh, uh, I can do it on Adobe InDesign. Wow, that's yeah. We'll have to talk about that when we finish recording. It's so yeah. funny. This is this is feels like a regular conversation. It's like the most natural conversation I've had yeah. doing an interview yeah. for my yeah, podcast. This, really you know? this is fun. I like doing these. Um, I just like it when you when when a conversation in a podcast just goes and it can go all sorts of places because we've talked about cats, we've talked about writing, we've talked about <laughs> painting and drawing and angels and uh, heaven and you know. Um, do you have any of your mom's letters did you ever move away and she wrote to you I've got a few yeah I've still got a few of those um, I've kept a lot of things with um, her handwriting on and yeah um, letters that she sent to me and old postcards that she sent to my cousin and things yeah we've got we've got quite a few old bits and pieces you know um, she would have become, okay yeah. uh, so, so what if you took all the letters and the copy from the back of the postcards, and the fifteen poems she wrote, and just made a little book letters, letters, poet, uh, letters from my mom, or and then put her poetry in. Just made a little fifty-page book. Mm. I think about that. That, that might be yeah. quite therapeutic, actually. That's a good idea. We'll have to talk about doing that because yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be uh, yeah. Not bad. But it would be a way to honor your mom, and because you you've mentioned her quite a bit, like she'll pop up close to her birthday on Facebook, and there's something about a mother bond. Well, like my mom's still alive. I'm I'm doing something similar with my dad, but like letters from my father. I have all the letters he wrote to me when I lived in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and then my stepmother, when he died, she got all his poetry. Like so, legally, it's hers. But anything that he wrote for me. And the letters is mine. So then I can publish the poetry that he wrote for me. So I'd like to write a story about my dad. 
That's a, that's one idea I have for a memoir. But I, I have this long list of projects, and I've learned that as a creative person, it's hard to finish anything if you are working on too, th- too many things at once. Like the cat's book, How to Be a Cat, wouldn't have been finished if I didn't uh, take the advice of uh, James. No, Derek Sivers. He, he said just do one project at a time. Yeah, and I think that's it. important. That's very important. I yeah, do that. so because I was going to do a dog coloring book, and I'm now that this book is finished and published, now I can work on the dog's coloring book, which I'm going to get out in time for Christmas. Because I did the cat coloring book last year, Color the Cats, which was actually an assignment for my Adobe InDesign class. I did it. I didn't do one of his assignments, and I made the book. It was funny because the teacher said to me, oh, you'll never get this done. And I'm like, watch me. And I had the proof for my final class. So that's a good way to learn a project is having to scan in 40 illustrations into Photoshop. And then there's copy, too, because each cat told their rescue story. They're actually real cats. Mm. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of my ideas, the script idea I had was, was something about that, something about her story um, or a version of her story. Um but it's very, very... I haven't even I haven't done anything with it. It's just an idea in my head at the moment. Um, because it's quite a powerful story that she has. So, um, And I always imagined making a movie out of it. Um, um, not just writing a book, but... Um, I mean, I'd write a bit with my own perspective on it, but a film about her story would be... I think would be quite inspiring for a lot of people. Because she was quite an inspiring person. Um, yeah. Yeah, that um, sounds really good. Yeah. Um, so what's kind of so what projects have you got coming up after? Obviously now you've got the um, How to Be a Cat, and you've got the the coloring book. Um, so yeah, the cat, the dog coloring book, and then uh, the next project is to finish the artist manifesto. It's uh, believe you are an artist, fight resistance, and believe you are an artist and create and that book will come out next year i was going to do the cat's memoir first but i want to spend more time writing it the artist manifesto is already written and i just have to illustrate it and format it so i'm going to do that one first and then over the winter i'm taking a six-week course with marion roach smith a memoir class and then i'm going to concentrate on finishing the memoir for the cat so that will come out next fall. I'm going to publish. I'll have I have some smaller projects in between I'm working on, but the I'm going to publish a book every six months, in April and in October. And then there'll be smaller projects that I'll be making, like some smaller ebooks. But I won't be officially launching all the products projects. Like the larger projects will launch. And then people will, I'll just mention some of the smaller ones. I actually want to do an experiment. There's this really cool guy that I met in Franklin for the Tribe Writer Conference. His name's Dave, I don't know how to pronounce it, Cheshen. He has the blog Kindlepreneur, and he's published seven books under pseudonyms using Amazon, using Kindle keywords, and he his income is between like close to $7,000 a month just from these books because his whole philosophy is that you don't have to have a famous name to be successful on Kindle. You have to write topics 
that people want to read. So he'll search a topic and have the keywords, and then he'll write under an anonymous name, and then after the book is done, then he'll show how he did it. And he's done seven that way. Wow, that's amazing. So I actually want to take, there's some topics that I'd like to write about, which I'm not going to say what the topics are, because I'm going to write under a pseudonym, not with my own name. And and then see how the books do, using using all his uh, using his approach. So if you get a chance to look that up, uh, it's called Kindlepreneur.com. Sounds really, really nice guy. He actually used to be in the uh, in the uh, Navy subs. He was in the military. He was mm-hmm. stationed in South Korea. Missed Christmas three years in a row and was just writing books. Because he was away from his family, they sent him without his family, unaccompanied. So in his spare time, he just worked on his blog and writing these Kindle books. So And now he's out of the military and is completely self-sufficient on his books and from his blog income. Wow. That's an amazing story. And it sounds really, really fascinating to... An interesting experiment, you know. And, it it yeah. sounds like what? What word did you use? Uh, fascinating. A really interesting experiment to do. Oh that. right. Um, yeah, that is. That oh, is that's really why I'm not mentioning the topics I'm going to do because then if you found the topics, you might think, "Oh, that was Pamela." Like somebody might read it, and I wonder if they would pick up on my writing style. But it won't be my name, and it won't be a topic that I've written about on my blog. So I'm going to try that good idea um, yeah I mean I just love how I mean everyone I think everyone's creative I believe everyone's fundamentally creative and they're all created to be creators in whatever field we're involved in but, oh definitely um, no, I totally agree um, but I, I just I just love how how much you exercise your imagination like how free you are with it how willing you are to express it in so many different ways uh, well, and that's, what's interesting is, okay, so in 1976, I just graduated from high school and I took an art class, first year university student, and my major was education and I took an introduction to art and I had a painting class and I, our assignment was to paint an object and I painted the radiator in my hallway, but in the house I was living in, this little gray, no, it was a thermostat on the wall. But it was almost, it was just slightly bigger than the real thing. And I still remember my teacher holding my painting, being not exactly angry, but forcefully teaching that if you're going to make something, make it huge. Like, don't just increase it a little bit. Like, don't be afraid to exaggerate because art is an interpretation of reality. So like Van Gogh interpreted reality and how he saw it. He wasn't trying to be an exact photographic representative he wasn't it wasn't like a photograph his art was was an exaggeration of how he saw the world so then i'm a few years later 1983 19 no 1982 i'm taking i'm a major uh majoring in photography at the alberta college of art and i my assignment was i took i uh stuffed a mouse I photographed it with a 4x5 camera and the profile view, and I enlarged the photographs to almost six feet tall. 
And they were, I did five of them in black and white of the mouse. And so the negatives were four by five inches. So I could enlarge them quite large and still have detail. And each mouse was attached to a sheet of four by eight plywood. And I cut them up with a jigsaw, Mm. sewed fabric tails. I made stands so the mice, mice could stand up. And I did an environmental art project. So part of the project was actually making the mice. And the other part was I placed them all over the city in Calgary, Alberta. And I had permission from the city to photograph them on city property. Like I did it in front of the Calgary Tower. I did it in front of the Stampede Grounds. Stampede Grounds that I did it on the one of the like open air walking areas. I had a radio spots. A friend worked for a radio station. I took out newspaper ads. Mice are nice. So the concept of exaggeration just stayed with me. That I made these huge mice. I'm actually writing a blog post about it, about how exaggeration is so important in creating art. But that was a lesson that I learned from my art professor from 1976 about, you know, exaggerating. Hmm. That's great. Wow. And and then, okay, like, and then, so so I'm, I'm making this project right, and I think... Oh, this is kind of interesting. So from the payphone in the school lobby, I called the local news station, CBC News from Calgary. Yeah. And I said, hey, there's this environmental art project. It's called Mice Are Nice. There are these huge photographs. They're five, they were five feet, eight inches tall. And I actually, well, Bob Nicholson came out and filmed and did a news clip. I don't know if it was picked up nationally, but it was on the local Calgary News. And he interviewed these people that were coming out from the stampede grounds to their... I found the photograph with his name, and I looked him up. He lives in uh, British Columbia now, and I was actually going to call him and ask him, write a piece about it, because I have the photograph of him interviewing this old guy, a gambler coming out of the, the, the betting track, and say, why did he pick up the story? Like, why would a newscaster pick up a story? Like, was it a slow day? Was it interesting about the mice? Or So there's so many opportunities to ha- actually have people see art because art can be what we write, but it can also be how people interpret it. I put the mice in front of a church, and only one lady, like, if you come out of church on a Sunday and there's five black and white mice lined up that are almost six feet tall, don't you think you'd be curious? Yeah, and only, yeah maybe. <laughs> and only one lady came out, came over to look at them. No, oh my word. Yeah, yeah, so I took a picture of her. Her name was Dorothy. So it looks kind of funny because the mouse is the same size as she is, but she's serious, like it's a serious portrait. So that was a, that was a really fun experiment. So there's no rules, oh. right? People can make anything. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. There's no rules, yes. Yes, we should just be free to express whatever is inside of us. Right, you know, as long as you're world. decent yeah. and you're polite, like, have fun. If you have, a, if you have an idea of something you want to make, like you want to make a photograph of a mouse be almost six feet tall, do it. If you want to, if you draw an illustration and you'd like to make your illustration you know almost six feet tall like the illustration from the book how to be a cat then go ahead and do it yeah i'm actually sending it i'm sending the book a package of tidy whities and a uh, about a two foot tall cat man the illustration from the cover of the book to one of the night show hosts 
right to their office and saying, hey, would you like to be a cat? So that's mm. my marketing plan. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it would be a good cartoon series, you know, how to be a cat. Yeah. Uh, that could be fun. Yeah, Disney. Like, you could get the memoir made into a Disney film or something. Or oh, that would be so funny. Uh, I can't imagine. So actually having the cat live with a family and having to make his own litter box. So that sounds like a really good Disney movie that I could that I would watch, <laughs> literally. Like, I think you might, find, might have something there, you know. Just That's saying, fun. just saying, don't write anything out, you know. Um, like you said, you know, don't write anything out. Anything's possible. So... Um, right. That's funny. Yeah. I love that idea. Well, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what happens. Yeah. I'm trying to get it finished this week so I can get it out before Halloween. I'd like to get it mailed next week. So I have to sew the cat costume too. Like there's a cat head that you tie under your chin and then the paws, the little booties, and then a tail. Well, and then the underwear. Like you got to mm. have tidy whities So, because really, like, who doesn't want to be a cat? Like, you get up early in the morning, you got to shave, you're in a hurry, you have enough time to shove a donut in your face, you have to shave, you know, you have to entertain people you don't really like, you have to mow the lawn, the few days you got off as a holiday, you go camping with mosquitoes. Like, who wouldn't want to be a cat? And who knows? Like, who's, who's the best person... Well, that person, where would you get the best advice about being a cat? It would obviously be from a cat. So mm. that's why a cat had to write the book. Like, how would I know how to become a cat? I wouldn't. I would know how to become an artist. I could give lessons on drawing. But a cat would know how to become a cat. So that's why it's authored by a cat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how to be a cat written by a human being wouldn't make any sense. No. Oh. Like, if you go to howtobeacat.com, there's a link to buy the book on Amazon. And there's blurbs there, and it kind of explains something about the cat. You can see the illustration for the cover, too. That's easier. Yeah. Well, or you could go right to Amazon. But some of the blurbs, like my mom my mom's wrote one of the blurbs. Oh, and you know what else I can't figure out? Okay, you get these famous people right, and they have all these blurbs in the front. Like, mm. But they're not in alphabetical order. So let's say you give a blurb and you're number 20. Like, who's more important that they're first? Well, mine are in alphabetical order. So, and mm-hmm. I have people that have successful blogs. I have famous authors, but I didn't put the famous authors first. The people that, well, yeah. I, don't, I don't think anyone's more important than anyone else. So they're Absolutely. in alphabetical order. That sounds, that sounds really good, really authentic. Um, well, thank you for coming back on today, Pamela. I've been so—I always love talking to you. So, so honest and so imaginative, and so much wisdom and, on creativity and all that kind of thing. It's just always so much fun talking to you. And you know, when the when the next when the next kind of we'll have you we'll have you back and um, we'll talk to you again. And because uh, it's always great to talk to you. Um, so, um, thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, James. Um, okay. Um, so that's that's it for this week everybody and um, take care and we'll talk soon